0: Hi, and welcome to my podcast, The Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm glad you found me. I'm Renee Beery and I love empowering women to take on home projects, both large and small. I have been the only girl on the job site for the past 27 years and I have seen it all. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. With my help, I hope you will be able to avoid the mistakes I've seen in the past and go into your project. Confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your project is as smooth and successful as possible. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. So today's podcast is about red flags that you should look for and rules of thumb that you should follow when managing a renovation project, especially when you're working with contractors. Now, I wish I had a list of red flags for you to avoid, but unfortunately, every situation is different. So instead, I wanted to give you actual examples of how a project went wrong, even when the homeowner had taken all of the proper steps in hiring the team. So this week, I was told about a renovation project that went utterly wrong. A dear old friend of mine from my New York City days called out of the blue to touch base. We hadn't spoken for some time, but through her social media, I had been following along with her large renovation of an old home in Texas. So naturally, after the few pleasantries, the conversation led to how that project was coming along. What I heard next truly broke my heart at the same time as it boiled my blood. And that is me being polite. Needless to say, the project became a complete nightmare, which by the way, still hasn't ended for her. And while it wasn't the first time I have listened to a story like this, it really, truly upsets me to hear these stories from a professional level. Because once a story like this gets told, our entire industry is to blame. And the damage each story does to our reputations as an industry just piles on top. So let's be honest right now. There are bad actors in my industry. And frankly, there are bad actors in every industry. And one of the goals of this podcast is to educate you about home renovation projects, to empower you to avoid these disasters by actually seeing them coming. So first I wanna share that my friend knows that I'm retelling this story as a cautionary tale. In fact, she actually wanted me to educate others about this potential nightmare, but obviously I will not give away any of her personal details. So this same friend, she knows construction. She knows about home design and has taken on other projects in the past, but this home was new to her in a new city So she did the homework I am always telling you all to do. She asked her friends for referrals. She made contact with a contractor that was referred to her. She arranged to see his work, meet his references, the works. Seriously, she did the right steps. She was very pleased with not only what she heard about him, but the level of work she saw. So she hired this man's company. It was a mid sized construction company to oversee this large renovation in addition to her home and move forward with the project. Because of the size of the project, which, by the way, is also called Scope of Work, she needed what is referred to as a general contractor. And typically, this means that it's a mid to large size company. And there would be one person managing the project on the client's behalf. Now, that person can also be the owner in a mid sized company, which was the situation in this case. He was the owner of the company. And he would be the one arranging for all the subcontractors. Those are the specialty contractors, the plumbers, the electricians, the engineers, roofers, what have you. And the same contractor would be scheduling the daily work and meeting with the client. Also, a general contractor typically acts as the point of contact for all things regarding the project. So for instance, you would call your contractor if you had a plumbing question and not the plumber directly. The contractor would then hear out your problem, and go to the plumber and make whatever corrections were necessary. Also, they would be the company that presented all the estimates for the total work, as well as taking all the payments from the client and then pay out the subcontractors for their particular work. This is basic and traditional standards and expectations in the industry. So, my friend said things were moving along nicely in the beginning of the project, and the timeline of the project had been a particular point she had made to the contractor in the very beginning, since she would be living in the home during all of this construction. She wanted to make sure that there wouldn't be long gaps of no work or vacations or what have you to hold up this progress. Now, she did acknowledge that things came up periodically, and that's To be expected and she felt that they had dealt with them all successfully and kept moving forward that is until everything changed all of a sudden guys stopped showing up for work and she had a hard time getting a hold of the contractor or when she did get a hold of him getting a straight answer out of him was not easy to do so finally she got fed up and reached out directly to some of the subcontractors and asked them to continue working directly for her. And they told her that she owed them money and they wouldn't return to the project until they were paid. Now, every contract is negotiated differently, but in this case, my friend had agreed to pay the contractor directly and he in turn paid the subcontractors on the project, which we just discussed is common practice with general contractors. So she didn't see any issues with that arrangement, obviously, until this nightmare started unfolding. So as it turns out, the contractor had stopped paying the subcontractors. God only knows when or what he was telling the subcontractors because they accused my friend of not paying them. And clearly the contractor was keeping all of the money. This is probably one of the largest nightmares you can have on a project. My friend was completely stuck. Work had come to a complete halt. The contractor was no longer returning her calls, and her house was literally torn apart. So sadly, the only thing my friend could do was get an attorney involved. And as it turned out, the contractor has no assets to go after, which left my friend, quite frankly, completely screwed. In the meantime, she had to hire another team, paying the subcontractors herself this time, and try to salvage the project. So, needless to say, additional problems came to light when the new team came in and found several areas where corners were cut and work actually had to be ripped out and redone for safety purposes. And yes, all at my friend's expense. So, I'm sure you're sitting there asking yourself, how on earth did this get to this point? Understandably, my friend is also asking herself these same questions repeatedly. So, she did say, When she looks back now and takes a deep breath, she does admit to seeing some small instances where she didn't at the time pick up on it, but now might see a slight pattern she wishes she had caught at the time. So one instance is paying for work before it is done. So in this situation, the contractor presented her a bill for the balance, which means the final payment of the HVAC system that stands for heat, ventilation, and air conditioning, kind of an important part in anyone's home, especially in Texas. The problem was the work was still being installed, but he said they needed to purchase more of the equipment and needed the payment to cover that expense. Now, in the moment, she felt it was reasonable on the face of it and definitely didn't want to be the reason the job was being held up. But no contractor should be giving you a final bill for work that hasn't been completed. And better still, you shouldn't be paying a final bill in full until the work has been completed and the punchless items have been addressed to your satisfaction. Additionally, she had already paid towards this work with deposits. So in hindsight, a meeting with the contractor and the HVAC company to discuss the situation and what parts still needed to be purchased would have brought this misuse of payments to light at that very moment. But as we all know, hindsight is 2020. So the next is, again, we mentioned briefly, is payment in full. So this contractor's bills were all marked, payment in full is due upon receipt. Again, not an uncommon request, but this should have been scrutinized to make sure that the work being billed for had actually been completed. And in this case, it hadn't. And sadly, if enough payments are made like this over time, a client will end up not having enough payments left to hold at the end of the job to assure that the project has been satisfactorily completed Punch list and all. Lastly, she also said that there were a few times where she felt little-ladied. This was actually her term, but I kind of like it because it is the perfect description of how we are sometimes spoken to on job sites. What she meant was that when she did attempt to politely question something about the project, this contractor talked down to her and made her feel insecure about her requests. So she did admit that she went along with what she was being told. But in her defense, this shouldn't have automatically sent up red flags. Now, obviously, it is rude and demeaning to little lady anyone, but being rude doesn't automatically mean someone is stealing from you. It just means you're an ass. So now my friend is slowly getting past this and additionally pursuing legal action against this contractor. But the real point and why she did want me to share this story is that no one wants this nightmare on their project. So how could this have been avoided? In truth, my friend took all the right steps in the beginning, finding and vetting this contractor. And for even more details on the steps you should take to find and hire a contractor, go back and listen to an earlier podcast I did on this topic and where we take a deep dive into these steps. It is truly an important part of getting the right team on board. In this situation, we have to assume the money issues this contractor had during this project couldn't have occurred with the other projects my friend had seen. She does admit that she should have been more careful and scrutinized his bills more closely. But she said, Renee, I trusted this guy and I thought the job would get held up if I delayed the payments. So he gave me invoices and I paid them. I can't say I blame her. And in truth, I think a lot of us would have felt the same way until today when you are hearing me loud and clear not to pay the final bill until the project is completed and the punch list is approved. Loud and clear, I hope. So the very good news out of all of this was her record keeping and organizational skills. She had a binder. Yes, she did. Such a smart woman, just like the ones I'm always talking about, a project binder. In this binder, she had a section for all of the bills and actually copies of all of the checks she had paid the contractor. This was truly the key for her because she was able to prove to the subcontractors directly that she had indeed paid the invoices for their work. And then sadly, it became crystal clear that it was the contractor who had kept all of the money. To be honest, while this happens infrequently, it does happen, which is again, why my friend wanted me to share this cautionary tale with you. She took the right steps in the beginning, but is kicking herself now that as the project wore on, she didn't listen to her gut along the way. When she, even for a nanosecond, thought twice about the bills she was being presented with or didn't like being little ladied by this contractor. This part is what makes me really upset and the very reason this podcast came to life. My goal has always been to empower women to hold their ground on job sites, and I know it isn't always easy. Trust me, I still get little ladied after all these years, and it's not a comfortable feeling. So I know most of my listeners are women, and all I can say is that in my experience, my women's intuition is usually spot on. And my friend's intuition was trying to tell her something, and she just didn't hear it in time. Now, the good news is my friend will be okay. She already is better. Her house will be beautiful. And her memory of this nightmare will fade over time. But please learn from her story. We are all vulnerable to situations like this when we go into them without the knowledge of the industry and best practices to perform. I am so excited to tell you that in the coming weeks you will hear more about an online course I've created to train you to run your own project just like a pro. I have taken all of my experience and knowledge from this industry from over 25 years of being on the job site and broken it out into manageable lessons that will take you step by step through all stages of a project. My number one goal is to empower you so that you will never experience the same story on your project. So thanks again for listening. And as always, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me through email or social media. Thank you again for listening. And I look forward to our next time together. Thank you so much for listening feel free to reach out to me. You can email me or direct message me through social media, and we can start a conversation about what it is you're going through right now. That will also help me come up with other ideas for future podcasts that I can share with everyone, as I assure you, we're all in the same boat together. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. If you would like to find out more about me and what I can do, please go to my website, www.deviniedesign.com thanks for listening and i hope to hear from you soon